0: Hello and welcome to Vibrant Lives podcast, a podcast dedicated to your health and well-being, featuring interviews with experts about nutrition, physical health, mental health, and my five-minute food facts series, which are short episodes where I discuss a nutrition-related topic. I'm Amanda Hayes, your host. I'm a lawyer turned nutritionist, and I'm on a quest to learn as much as I possibly can about living a healthy, active, and fulfilling life which I would call a vibrant life, and sharing what I learn with you here on this podcast. The health and nutrition space can be a confusing one where information and misinformation abound, and identifying reliable, trustworthy sources of information is not always straightforward. My aim is to help you do that by speaking with knowledgeable guests who can explain their area of expertise in an accessible way, and provide you with practical tips that you can use to improve your own well-being. Before I introduce today's guest, I'll quickly acknowledge that any advice or information provided in Vibrant Lives podcast is not intended to be used to treat or prevent medical conditions, and of course, is never a substitute for advice from your own health professionals. Today, it's my pleasure to be here with Dr Ivanka Pritchard, Associate Professor at the College of Nursing and Health Sciences at Flinders University. Ivanka has a PhD in psychology and specialises in health psychology with a focus on the relationship between body image, exercise and eating behaviour. So today we're going to dive into the thorny topic of the impact of media, especially social media, on body image and exercise behaviour, with a focus on the FITSPO or fitness inspiration trend on which Ivanka is an expert and has published scientific research exploring the issue. Before we start I'd just like to share a little bit of information I found on the Butterfly Organization website which I think sums up beautifully the impact of body image. So it says who is affected by body image? In a word everyone. Body image starts developing in early childhood, and the relationship you have with your body and appearance, which typically evolves over the course of your lifetime, is one of the most significant, long lasting, and complex relationships you'll ever have. That's so true. We all exist within our bodies, within our skin, and it's so important to find strategies if we need them to learn how to accept and love our bodies and appreciate what they do for us. Hi Ivanka, thank you so much for being a guest on Vibrant Lives Podcast.
1: Thanks Amanda, it's great to be here. So Ivanka, let's start
0: today's episode with some quickfire questions because I'd like to get to know a little bit about you outside your work in health psychology at Flinders University. Ivanka, where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in Adelaide, so I was born in Melbourne but have grown up in Adelaide.
0: Excellent. And for those of you who don't know, Flinders University is here in Adelaide. And your favourite form of exercise?
1: I love body combat. So it's a, a martial arts-based fitness class that's um, been created by Les Mills. And it's right. offered in gyms.
0: Okay. I've never um, never done that, never even heard of it, in fact. Is it um, a bit like a modern version of aerobics? Or do you have weights? Or how how is it?
1: <laughs> yeah, so it is... Um, I would say a modern version of aerobics. So uh, Liz Moore's offer a range of, of programs, including things like body attack, body pump, body okay. balance and, and body combat. Uh, combat's probably not as common as some of the other ones, uh, but it is, uh, it's aerobic-sized uh, martial arts. Okay. So I used to get in trouble when I did proper martial arts for bouncing around too much because I would have <laughs> body combat sort of on my mind still. Um, so, yeah, so that would be my description of it, I suppose.
0: Oh, that sounds fun. Um, Your go-to meal for dinner, just say on a weeknight. Tacos. Oh, yum. Mm. And what are you currently reading?
1: I'm reading a series of books by CJ Lyons, um, which are like thrillers or FBI type novels. But I can't remember the name of the current one. Sorry. (laughs) That's okay.
0: And are you listening to anything that you're enjoying at the moment? It could be a podcast, music, audio book?
1: So I love listening to the Science Versus podcast on um, Spotify and um, we have another podcast in the body image world called Appearance Matters, which is run by the Centre for Appearance Research from the UK and they um, have great episodes on other body image related content.
0: Oh, that sounds great. I'll I'll put links to those in the show notes because they sound interesting. And your favourite holiday destination?
1: I'd have to say probably somewhere with snow which when it's cold outside at the moment doesn't seem
0: very sensible, yes. but when you rug up, it's lovely. Yeah, it is fun. Do you snow ski or snowboard? I snowboard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I snow ski because I'm old. <laughs> and when, when um, we started or when I started snow skiing, which I don't do very often, mind you, snowboards weren't really a thing, but they are now. So Ivanka, you're an Associate Professor in the College of Nursing and Health Sciences and your co-deputy director of at SHAPE Research Centre at Flinders University, where you specialise in health psychology and you have a focus on the interaction between body image, exercise and eating behaviour. So your work combines psychology and exercise science. So before we delve into some of that fascinating work, can you just talk us through, you know, why you ended up in that area? What sparked your interest and How did you get there? What was your study pathway?
1: Sure. So I've always loved the idea of psychology. um, And so I'd always talk to my parents about that being a future career pathway for me. Um, And so when I went to university, I um, went for a psychology degree. I did a Bachelor of Behavioural Science at at Flinders University and then honours in that degree. And I really enjoyed the research process that that provided. Um, Mm -hmm. My honours work was on exercise and body image so at the time I also worked as a a fitness instructor and I would see all these really interesting things happening out in the world and I would wonder why they were happening and um, research and psychology allowed me to delve into the reasons why people were doing particular things or um, why I was seeing certain types of behaviours in certain types of people essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, So That probably sparked my interest or the thing that sparks my interest is what I see around me and then if that raises any questions, I really want to know why. Yeah, Um, And this sort of seemed like the perfect career pathway uh, for me then. After honours, I did a PhD in psychology as well. I focused um, much more on the the fitness centre environment, uh, what that meant for women's reasons for exercise and how that related to their body image and disordered eating behaviour. I might. And since then, um, within the broader field of health psychology, mm-hmm. I've, I've done some work in relation to lifestyle factors associated with cancer prevention. So, some more um, broader work on physical activity, yeah. um, healthy eating behaviour, tanning behaviour, and those sorts of things. And then I got my current role uh, within the College of Nursing and Health Sciences as a, a balanced academic. So I. Teach undergraduates health psychology content, and then I do research in relation to physical activity, body image, and eating behaviour.
0: Wow, that sounds incredibly interesting, and I imagine it's really fulfilling because what you're doing has such can have such an impact on you know real people in the real world.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's certainly lovely to sort of have seen a problem in the world, do some research about it, and then see how that might get applied in practice to help people improve their lives yeah Yeah.
0: Mm. one of the main themes of our discussion today is the impact of the media particularly social media on body image and exercise behavior so i was wondering if you could please explain to us what is meant by body image
1: body image is our, our thoughts our feelings and our perceptions about our bodies so it's the way that we see our bodies how we behave in relation to our bodies and then how we might just generally feel about the skin that we're in Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. and can we have um, conflicting feelings about our bodies like like them but treat them a bit harshly when it comes to exercise and things like that
1: certainly so and you can um, love one part of your body and then perhaps hate another part of your body at the same time Um, Mm. and so we have these concepts of sort of negative body image and positive body image that can coexist and we could perhaps be negative about one aspect but then also really positive about something else at the same time
0: yeah so just drilling down a bit more into body image so what are some in addition to the social media which we will talk more about what are some of the main factors then that influence or impact a person's body image
1: so the media as you've mentioned is certainly a big factor Um, From a a social and cultural perspective, when we look at the world around us, the other main factors are um, our family and how our family's um, opinions might influence us as well as our peers, so our friends uh, and what they view and do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there are a range of other uh, perhaps psychological factors like our emotions or our attitudes and our perceptions that can influence the way that we feel about ourselves and um, some biological factors like the Um, our body's size and shape um, and then whether perhaps we have any visible difference such as scarring
0: Mm. yeah it's really complex from the sounds of what you've just said there are so many factors that can feed into how we feel about our bodies what can be the consequences or some of the consequences of having a negative body image
1: so negative body image or Body dissatisfaction is probably one of the biggest risk factors for disordered eating. Mm -hmm. So that would be the main um, concern that we have for people that have a negative body image. But negative body image is also a risk factor for depression. Um, A range of unhealthy weight control behaviours can lead to a lack of physical activity um, and it can also lead to um, increased intentions to seek cosmetic procedures. So a range of body modification-related activities.
0: Wow, gosh, that's a whole other rabbit hole that we won't go down today, but that's something that's becoming so much more prevalent. Um, You can just notice it just walking around. (laughs) Definitely. So on the flip side, what are the characteristics of having a positive body image?
1: So uh, people that have a positive body image are able to, because like I appreciate the unique beauty and functionality of their bodies. So it's thinking about the way that your body performs rather than how it looks and mm-hmm. being able to appreciate it for the things that it does for you um, rather than how it might look to the outside world. If you have a, a positive body image, you're also more likely to have a broad conceptualization of beauty, so of think that more things around you are beautiful rather than a really narrow ideal about what someone should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're perhaps better able to filter different appearance-related information. So if someone makes an appearance-related comment, uh, if you have a positive body image, you're better able to filter out that comment and, and take from it what you want and leave the other bits sort of to the side.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. And another area that I find fascinating is because someone might look, how do I say, like in quotes, good you know, they might be thin, they might be pretty. It doesn't necessarily mean that they will have a, a positive body image, does it?
1: No, not at all. Uh, looks can be quite deceiving in, in that way. Um, and it really highlights the importance that um, looks aren't what make us happy. Who we are as a person inside is what makes us happy. And when you look around you Everybody's different and that's perfectly okay. And the world would be a really boring place if we all looked one particular way.
0: Yeah, I often think that. It's it's the diversity that makes life so interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's just a, a matter of, you know, people internalising that and, and knowing that. And I mean, that's obviously part of the work that you're doing. And you mentioned before that one of the um, problems with having a negative body image is a susceptibility to eating disorders. So I don't really want this podcast to go into that too much because I think that is such a complex issue and it would take a lot more than, you know, five minutes chatting about that. But body image, eating behaviors and exercise are clearly intertwined. And what I'm really interested to talk to you about, because I think it's a sort of a fascinating area that I hadn't thought a lot about is how the media influences our exercise behaviour. So what is it that is special about the media, particularly social media, when it comes to influencing our body image?
1: I think it's just that it's it's simply everywhere. Yeah. Um, so traditionally it was just like TVs, movies, magazines, but now the media is literally in our pockets all of the time, and we can't get away from the ideals that are present within the media. Uh, and these ideals, you know, they come from celebrities, uh, but they also come from those around us. So um, friends and family that are posting different things or liking different aspects on um, social media in particular. Um, but because of that, and then the ideals that are portrayed there, it just has such a strong influence because it's we're just surrounded by it all the time.
0: Yeah, I thought that's what you were going to say. It's pervasive, isn't it? It's um, yeah. it's unlike uh, the television that you can switch off or a, a magazine that you can put down. It's just there all the time. And I think the other thing is that it often presents quite an unrealistic image because people generally post something that they think they look good in. So it might be filtered or on a funny angle so they look – thinner or taller or whatever they want and so that's another thing we're getting these unrealistic images
1: yeah that's certainly really important to remember that lots of it well almost all the things that we see are essentially a highlights reel of someone's life Um, and so comparing ourselves to that highlights reel could be really detrimental in relation to our body image
0: Yes. What is the extent of the impact for different age groups? Do uh, Are some um, age groups more susceptible to being um, influenced by social media and body image than others?
1: Yeah, so, so far the research is telling us that um, young people are the most susceptible um, and this is predominantly because they're at a point in their lives where they're still shaping their identities, they're still trying to work out who they are and um, their appearance plays a huge role in with that, but also social connection and so things like social media and the connections that they have there and and wanting to receive likes and then posting certain images in order to receive those likes plays a a really important role. Um, But there are other groups that also have lots of appearance-related pressure. Um, You think about all of the media that you might see in relation to new mums and the pressure to bounce back to your pre-baby body or um, making sure that you age gracefully and you don't have wrinkles in that process. Um, so there's a whole um, range of different ways that different groups of people could be affected by what's in the media.
0: Yeah, what what I, sort of stands out to me, it's at times in your life when your body is transitioning in some way. So if you're a teenager and you're developing physically, if you're a new mum, your body changes so obviously and then it's never quite the same afterwards and then as you become older as you say you know you see images of women with no wrinkles and things like that but I do think that and maybe I'm just speaking for myself for as an older woman it doesn't impact me all that much (laughs) I don't really look at other women my age and compare myself with them um, and also, if I'm looking at younger women, I know I'm older, so that doesn't really impact me either. I, I just wonder whether it's the younger people that are, are more susceptible to being influenced.
1: Yeah, that's a, a really good point. And I often think the same way. Um, that And the other factor that I think plays a, a large role, particularly with older women, is there's so much more going on in your life than there was when you were younger Um, there's so many other responsibilities there's so many other things that your brain is is full with what are you having for dinner that night what are the kids doing what's happening at work tomorrow Uh, and with all of those extra things there's less room in you to worry about those particular worry about your appearance as much as you might have when you were 20 or when you were 15.
0: Yeah Yeah, that's a good point point. So one of the areas you specialise in is the relationship between body image and exercise. And I'd like to look at this um, this area and focus specifically on adolescents as they are heavy users of social media. And there's a phenomenon known as fitspiration or fitspo. So tell us, what does that mean?
1: So fitspo is a combination of the words fitness and inspiration. So... It's an incredibly popular trend on social media uh, and uh, you would think that it's designed to inspire health and fitness. So on the surface, it seems like quite a healthy thing and um, it actually emerged in response to another form of content on social media called Thinspiration where people were um, posting excessively thin images, which is um, really unhealthy and really damaging to body image and potential disordered eating Mm. problems there. So inspiration is said to have emerged as this healthier alternative, uh, but it still displays the type of imagery that, as a body image researcher, you would say is unhealthy to be exposed to all of the time.
0: As you say, it sounds like it should be positive. Fitness and inspiration, that sounds, oh, great, that'll make me exercise or whatever. You've actually published some research on this, haven't you? Yes the impact of different forms of fitspiration imagery on body image, mood and self-objectification among young women. And I think the women you looked at were between 17 and 30. So what did you find in that study?
1: Uh, in that study and in some others that we've done uh, in relation to fitspiration, uh, we find that while women do say that these images are inspiring, um, and so you, you measure Um, how inspired they feel. They often say that, yes, they're inspired to be fitter. Um, At the same time as that inspiration, um, it also makes them feel worse about their bodies. So um, in the studies we've run, we've consistently found that um, women feel more negative body image and more negative mood in response to viewing fitspiration images Um, and... There's a couple of studies that we've run that where we've actually measured their exercise behavior after viewing Mm -hmm. the images and we've found no difference between people that view fitspiration images and those that don't view those types of images on um, how far they travel on a treadmill after viewing them so that even though they say they might be more inspired it doesn't translate into at least immediate behavior Um, yeah
0: Okay, so we need to take the inspiration word out
1: of that, don't we? (laughs) Because it doesn't (laughs) seem to work. Um. To a a certain extent, um, yeah. And we think it's because the images themselves, as I mentioned previously, still present a really narrow ideal of what's beautiful. Um, And uh, now it's not only one that's of a a thin person, but it's also you need to be thin and fit. And so it's actually... Um, an even harder ideal for lots of people to achieve than the traditional thin ideal might yeah, have been. Yeah, that
0: sort of quite toned look where the muscles are visible and the, the six-pack stomach and that, that kind of look. Um, yeah, very hard to achieve and particularly mm. for people who are busy and can't spend all day in the gym, which is most people. So your study was on young women. How does fitspiration affect different genders say boys and transgender people have you done any studies on that or can you just talk generally to that point
1: i can talk generally i've got a phd student about to start a a body of work in that space but Mm um we haven't done anything here at well i haven't done anything here at flinders with that but um other researchers that have started to look at at boys and men in this area have found a similar effect so that exposure to these types of images from social media lead to negative body image or feelings of negativity about the body. Um, It's probably slightly different in that the dissatisfaction seems to be more muscle-based so muscle dissatisfaction rather than something that might be um, dissatisfied in relation to thinness. And do you know
0: anything about how it may affect transgender people? I don't, so I can't comment on that, I'm afraid. No, that's fine. It's... um, Probably an area that will hopefully be studied in the future, but we're probably Certainly. not there yet. <laughs> For anyone out there who finds nutrition information confusing and sometimes conflicting, I'm here to help you navigate that space. I've prepared a free guide to bust five of the most common nutrition myths, such as carbs make you gain weight and high-fat foods are unhealthy. If you'd like to read my guide, you can download it from my website or or I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I thought it would be good to talk about some, not to, you know, throw our arms up in despair and say, this is all terrible. It's always good to talk about solutions. And obviously you research in this area and what you want, I imagine, is for your research to be useful in a practical sense. So what can people do if they find Fitspiration, you know, unhelpful or even harmful?
1: It's a really good question. So as you said, um, to start with, social media is not going anywhere. So we we do need to sort of get used to it and then work out strategies that are helpful for us. And perhaps the first one is actually acknowledging or realising whether or not something is unhelpful um, yeah. or even harmful for you. And, in fact, we started this body of research in this space because an honest student came to me and she said i've been looking at this sort of content on social media it makes me feel bad about myself i wonder whether it makes other people feel bad about themselves and that's what started our whole range of, of studies um, in that space and so being able to acknowledge that it's having an effect on you it's probably the the first step and yes. if, if it is having that effect um, then there are a few things that i would say you could do Um, One would be remembering that social media is that highlights reel that we Mm. spoke about before uh, and that it's not representative of real life and in particular in relation to fit that we don't spend all day in the gym. Everyday people don't have that many hours in the day to fit around um, everything else in their life to spend that much time working on their bodies in the gym And not only is it a highlights reel, but lots of people that are posting this type of content, that is their profession. That's what they do for a job. Uh, And so they can spend that much time working on their bodies to have it look a certain way. Uh, After that, um, you could look at diversifying your feed uh, and so choosing different people to follow uh, a variety of different body shapes and sizes, um, different types of fitness content um, and... Um, follow people that so if you've looked at for a little while, their posts make you feel good and um, they do help motivate you. Uh, and then if that doesn't work, then we'd probably suggest taking a break for a little while, seeing yeah. whether you can turn off your social media and just get out there in the real world, interact with your friends and family and um, do some other exercise outside that's not linked to These images are looking a certain way and focusing on then exercising for what I would say is the right reasons, which are for health, fitness and enjoyment. Mm.
0: You know, it's really tricky and I'm um, I'm glad you didn't say, oh, just unfollow or switch it off because that's not the reality. As you said, social media is not going anywhere, so it's really about I think educating ourselves about how to consume it and know that it's not always realistic. And and people whose job it is to be, I don't know what you call it, an influencer, they may have photographers, they may have a whole band, they might get their makeup done. You know, there's a, a whole lot of things that might go on behind the scenes to make the images look really, you know, fantastic
1: certainly and then even with all of that team behind them they still would be editing their photos afterwards before they posted them on social media so you've got a whole range of people working on um, essentially like they would be at the movies but for someone that posts on social media where we think it's an everyday thing but it's actually realistically not an everyday image
0: yeah it's highly curated yeah. Mm. One of the other things you suggested was following people that make you feel good. And there are some some inspiring people out there like the Embrace Movement with Dr. Zali Yeager. Yep. They're all about body positive and uh, Taryn Brumford, isn't it, and um, Zali Yeager. So following, I follow them. They're great. I love They are. Yeah, they're fabulous. They're fun funny. <laughs> they're funny as well. <laughs> so Yeah, I really like the way Taryn Brumford just – She just puts herself out there. I think that's just wonderful.
1: And I think she's had an amazing impact on um, the body image of of thousands, if not millions of women uh, and the people around them, but also an impact that perhaps researchers themselves couldn't have reached without the the personality and um, the energy that she has in that space.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. She really opened the conversation, didn't she? Which you know, bravo to her. So we talked about some personal strategies. And then I was just wondering if in a broader sense, so as a society, and perhaps as a parent, what are some of the things that we can do to encourage young people or our children to not be overly dependent on social media and, and use a critical eye when, when consuming it? It's a tricky one
1: that i I have a a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old and so I'm about to to go into this space um, and I'm already trying to work out exactly the best way to approach different conversations with them Um, and part of it is or the main part I think is teaching them about the different pros and cons of social media. Mm -hmm. So um, if they do view something, watch at least one thing with them or follow a few accounts that they follow so that you know what they're seeing and then you can have conversations with them about how realistic is the content that they're viewing. Um, is it something that actually is achievable in real life? Um, is it healthy um, or not? And so it's, it's kind of like helping them to learn how to be critical consumers of the content that they see and starting that process off really early. And so I've been you know, starting that with my 12 year old already when he watches something on YouTube or TikTok mm. um, that I still, let him watch them because that's what yeah. um, young people are doing and you can't really get away from that too much. But having those conversations with him about is that really realistic or this is how much work it would have taken to look that certain way or to be have that many followers or X, Y and Z, it's it's hard to know until you're in the moment sometimes. But um, thinking about those pros and cons and yeah. then Outside of that, it's just reminding young people that they should be focusing on what their body can do rather than how it looks, um, and that helps to build a body appreciation, which is a, an aspect of positive body image. Yeah. So that's really important to develop um, at the same time. And then there's probably some other modelling behaviours that we could do sure. um, or that parents could do. So um, it might be sort of self-assessing how much time you spend on social media yourself, Mm. whether the kids see you do that and whether or not you make any comments about people's appearance in the images that you see on social media. Uh, And along those lines, perhaps being careful about the types of comments that you might make. Yeah. Um, And in that way, avoiding commenting negatively on someone's appearance um, or avoid commenting on their appearance altogether uh, and focus on other aspects look how strong that person is um, look how healthy they seem uh, look at all the good things that they're able to do with their body
0: yeah it's i think it's so important and i would add in there that i think schools are doing a good um or they're educating kids about that now they're really teaching them to be critical consumers of media so that's that's also really good but i think role modeling is so important as parents it's hard work being a parent
1: (laughs) it's incredibly (laughs) hard switch
0: off (laughs) (laughs) on another positive note if we if we leave the Fitzbo people aside who are you know making a living out of looking a certain way and going to the gym a lot or whatever What's a healthy way or amount of exercise for young people?
1: So, I think here we could probably just look at the the national guidelines in relation sure. to exercise and physical activity for young people. Um, and that's asking them to um, be active every day. Uh, mm. Think about doing moderate to vigorous physical activity that might make their heartbeat faster. Um, so, playing. Uh, basketball or football or netball, um, riding your bike, all of those sort of activities yep. for perhaps at least 60 minutes a day um, and um, starting to do some strength-related activity but not too early uh, and essentially just finding activities that that they enjoy yeah. that, that doesn't actually feel like exercise. So they're not doing it to... Um, Change their appearance in any way. They're doing it because they enjoy it, and they want to be healthy, and they want to grow up to be healthy and strong.
0: Yeah, and also often it's being part of a team because that's really enjoyable at any age. I would say um, contributing towards you know the game definitely, and, and
1: part of a sporting community more broadly, because there's a whole range of other social benefits that can come yes. from involvement in in different types of sport and physical activity well beyond the benefits that we get for our physical health
0: oh absolutely and i've really witnessed that with my own children not just playing school sport but playing club sport because there they get to meet a whole new group of people the same age from all different schools and i i've found that's just been a really wonderful thing that they've all really enjoyed definitely Um, to wrap up ivanka who inspires you
1: I struggled with this question. Lots of people inspire me. Um, well, it doesn't
0: just have to be one person. <laughs> it can be several.
1: Uh, look, I find my husband quite inspirational. He's someone that manages to fit exercise into his day almost every day. Um, and even when we're busy, so he now just commutes to work on a bicycle and that's how we fits that in. So it's not the same sort of exercise we did when we were younger, but mm. um, it's just finding a way to... Um, keep that as a focus in yeah. life. Uh, and then from a, a body image perspective, um, Taryn Brumford and, and Zali Yeager um, from the Body Image Movement and the Embrace Hub um, is, uh, inspirational, are inspirational as well just in terms of the, the impact that um, they and then the, the movies they've been working on can have on uh, a broad range of people in the population.
0: Yeah, that um, Embrace documentary movie was was absolutely brilliant. I thought it was just really eye-opening. I, I um, really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, oh, it was um, a great film and, and Zali and I actually did a study um, on people's perceptions of the film uh, and found that, that the same views from many women in that space and that those that had seen the film did feel more positive about their bodies afterwards than those that hadn't seen the film. Uh, and then I don't know whether you know, but there's an Embrace Kids film coming yeah, out did soon that. as well. Yeah, so that's another, I suppose, great suggestion for parents with young children um, aged 8 to 12 or older um, to look out for the Embrace Kids film when that comes out as well.
0: Is that coming out this year? Do you know? Or? It should be, yeah, yes. I'll try and find out and, and put some yeah, information
1: um, in I think there's a a film festival later in the year that it will get launched at. Oh, brilliant. Um, So, but Zaliaga's worked a lot with Taryn Brunford on the content for the Mm. film. um, And I actually did some um, work with them as well and the kids that are featured in the film. So it's coming soon. It'll, yeah. Oh, that'll be great. We'll we'll keep
0: an eye out for that. And... The Final question that I like to ask all my guests is if you could recommend two things that anyone could do to improve their well being, it can be anything at all. What would they be?
1: Well, you know, I'm going to say exercise because yes. that's the <laughs> one thing of our conversation, uh, but it would be finding something that you enjoy doing, uh, and I think that as paired with that but as a second thing but it could also be part of the first thing is to find someone to do it with Um, so um, doing something social with other people um, is a wonderful thing for our well-being in general but then pairing that with exercise means that we're going to be more likely to continue to do that exercise and have that commitment with another person as well so be more active or just be active in general and be active with someone else. With someone else. And
0: I know I said final question, but just one more. Just tell us when we hear the word exercise. For some people it conjures up nightmarish scenes of sweating out at the gym. <laughs> what can what, what do you what do you mean by exercise?
1: It's a large range of things and it could be anything from um, going for a short walk around the block uh, to a, a yoga class um, or uh, um, to the other end of a really high intensity cardio based uh, fitness class or a run or essentially anything where your body is moving in a meaningful way. Yeah. And, but remembering that you shouldn't be punishing your body, you want to be uh, looking after your body. So, doing things that feel comfortable for you and that you enjoy doing and that's going to help you maintain and be more active just in general.
0: If people would like to follow what you're doing and um, see the research that you're involved in, where can they do that? How can people follow you or your work?
1: Uh, So they can see lots of the research that I've been doing just on the Flinders University Mm -hmm. website. Um, So they search for avanka.pritchard at Flinders. They will be able to find that there. Uh, I do have a a Twitter account as well. Okay, I remember my Twitter handle off the top of my head, but oh, that's all right. I'll find it. <laughs> I think it's just a Mungo Pritchard, um, and i often post about recent research there or other things that are interesting in this space. Um, and uh, Zali's been trying to get me to write some blogs for the Embrace Hub, which oh, will great. come out with the um, Embrace Kids film. So hopefully, I'll have a bit more of a media presence on there as well.
0: Oh, fantastic. Well, that's exciting. There's a lot to look forward to. So thank you so much for being a guest today. Mm-hmm. It's been a real thrill to speak to you and um, to learn about what your, your area of research is. So thank you very much, Ivanka. Not
1: a problem. Thank you so much for having me.
0: That was Dr. Ivanka Pritchard. I hope you learned something today about viewing those Fitzpat images with a critical eye. If you're enjoying my podcast, please share it and tell your friends about it, because word of mouth remains one of the best ways for people to find out about Vibrant Lives Podcast. If you do take time to do that, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Instagram at Vibrant underscore lives underscore podcast, or on Facebook at Vibrant Lives Podcast. You can check out my website at vibrantlivespodcast.com. There you'll find a link to all my previous episodes and reviews of books that I recommend and more. Coming up, I'll be interviewing Dr. Christy DiGiacomo about the surprising and wide-ranging benefits of insects as food for both livestock and for humans. I really enjoyed my chat with Christy and I, I hope you will too. Please DM me or send me an email via the contacts page on my website and let me know what you'd like to hear more of or if you just want to say hi, that would be nice. This podcast is recorded on ancient Ghana land. I acknowledge the Ghana people as the traditional custodians of this land and pay respect to their elders past, present and future. Thank you so much for tuning in. Eat well, move well, think well, live vibrantly.